The Louisville men's basketball team suffered a tough loss to the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers on Saturday. We'll talk about that loss in the Louisville women's basketball victory over number 7 UConn on this episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Happy Monday. Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. Host Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Be sure to go to Sonos.com to learn more. also want to take this time to thank you personally for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services five day your team every day as we mentioned it was a tough weekend for the Louisville men's basketball team losing 82 to 72 to the western kentucky hilltoppers on saturday we'll talk about what went wrong exactly for the cards in that matchup but then we will transfer into the positive side of the show and talk about the number six Louisville women's basketball team's victory over number seven UConn at the Mohegan Sun on Sunday. We'll discuss that while UConn was kind of shorthanded, it doesn't necessarily take away from the fact that the cards gritted out this win on the road. And then finally, as we do on every Monday or try to do on every Monday, we'll dive into the weekly Monday mailbag segment. But before we get into the content of today's show, like I mentioned, for those who are not aware of who I am, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credentialed media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as both a football beat writer and a feature. You can also, um, you know, or not, you can also, you can find my personal Twitter in the graphic in the bottom left hand of your screen. And you can also follow the podcast Twitter page at LO underscore global. It's definitely greatly appreciated. Um, but let's get to the show discussing the men's basketball's 80-72 victory against the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers in this one. And I got to be honest, I think that it was one of the you know toughest losses I've watched in in the past couple seasons. The could not have one lead um, against the Hilltoppers in um, Diddle Arena on Saturday. And just breaking it down, I felt like a lot of things went wrong, and it went wrong quickly. Um, Western Kentucky hopped out to a, an early lead to where they led by, I believe it was uh, 13 to 14 points. It might have gotten up to 15 at one point, but the cards were able to um, start to crawl back into it. It was 28 to 25 about midway through the fifth, and then Western Kentucky kind of pushed the lead a little bit bit more and had a nine-point advantage intermission the second half was a little bit of um you know a half of runs where Louisville opened up they got the game to within three points Western Kentucky pushed it out a little bit in front again Louisville cut it to two and then Western Kentucky have held on to it to the end of the game but overall when you look at what went wrong in this matchup for Cardinals it's almost a, a conversation of what went right for the Cardinals because I got to be honest, when I when I answer the question, what went wrong? It it seems like you could say almost everything. Um, I I felt like the thing, the issues that had been issues all season long, um, kind of you know reared their head again. Um, I thought Kentucky, you know, first of all, Western Kentucky shot the ball extremely well in the first half. They I think they had like what nine three pointers in the first half. Um, I get it; it's hard to weather a storm that way. 
they had 46 points at, at the end of the first half. Um, you know, they were playing very well in that regard. The Louisville was, I, I think, be, being a little too reliant on the three-pointer, which was um, a trend in this game, so to speak, and that I feel like that's one of the reasons why they weren't able to get over the hump and, you know, finally cut the deficit to where they're able to, you know, try to get a lead and then just go back and forth and battling. But for me, this contest was – you know, epitomized by Louisville continually trying to scratch the Western Kentucky lead. And just when you thought that the cards were going to be able to get over the hump, Western Kentucky, you know, got out in front. When um, it, One thing that I, I saw people talking about was the free throw um, difference. And, yes, it's something we need to talk about. Western Kentucky was 25 of 31 on the afternoon for Louisville. Only 5 of 7, kind of reminiscent of the DePaul loss to where they, I think, they only shot three or four free. Look at the fouls, twenty-one to ten. The cards out fouled the Hilltoppers, uh, basically doubled them. So, you know, there, there's two parts to that conversation. Number one, does the officiating need to be uh, addressed a little bit? I mean, sure. I felt like there, there was some times where Western Kentucky were got fit up some very favorable calls, but make no mistake about it. And this is where the other part of the um, you know spectrum comes into the conversation. That is the fact that. Yeah, we should probably talk about the officiating, but you can't officiating for this loss. And, um, you know, you're not going to get a lot of calls when you spend a lot of time shooting from behind the arc. The Cards shot 36 shots from the perimeter, made 13 of them. That's good for just over 36%. The Hilltoppers, 9 for 18. They hit 50%. I'm not sure that they hit one in the second half. I could be wrong. If they did, it's no more than two. But uh, the majority of the Cardinals' field goals came from behind the arc. I know that they had Jamari and Sharp in the uh, front court for the um, Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. But at the end of the day, and what kind of needs to be you know, focused on is I, I feel like at, at times Louisville doesn't necessarily get into the paint as much as they should. Um, and they don't utilize some of the size that they have. Look, I get it. Malik Williams is out. He's arguably been your best player this season. He's definitely been your most consistent. So I understand that you lose a lot w with him being out of the game. And, um, you know, once we kind of get a timetable on his return, we'll, we'll discuss that, but no timetable yet. Um, one player shouldn't necessarily – mean that you don't get one lead against uh, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers who by no you know make no mistake I mean they beat Mississippi the weekend before 71 to 48 so it's a very quality opponent but they are eight and four I mean they have lost some games it's not a team that Louisville should have lost to so I felt like some of the issues that have been issues all year long shot selection being the number one I mean I mean there were times where you know, the Cardinals went into more scoring droughts. Uh, Sam Williams and Jalen Withers um, you know, still trying to find their foot, struggling early on in the season. And, and I, I'm not – look, I don't want to overreact. I know it's, it's you know, December and this team still has the potential to gel. You know, you have to you know, focus in chemistry and rotations and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, the Cardinals um, have four losses, you know, going into a matchup with Kentucky – going into a matchup with Wake Forest at the end of December. And you're, you're kind of putting yourself into a position to where you have to do very, very well in the ACC slate, which this team might do. But right now, I, I'm, I'm seeing some issues with uh, shot selection, um, just the overall you know, guys showing up. And um, you know, this is a team where I feel like, okay, the shots are going to start falling. 
you know, they, you know, Chris Mack added a lot of three-point shooters or guys that have shot the ball well and efficiently from deep in, in seasons past, but it just kind of hasn't shown shown itself so far in this one. But when you look at the box score, I mean, this is this is you know something that I'm you know a little bit concerned about. I mean, Noah Locke led the team in scoring. He was one of two, uh, one of three in double figures. He was eight for eighteen from the field, four of thirteen. The Cards. Shot the ball 36 times from the perimeter, only made 13. Look, I'm am not, I'm not against shooting the ball a lot from behind the arc, but for a team that hasn't necessarily lived up to lived up to its potential in terms of being a perimeter shooting team, I, I would like to see them try to you know draw some more offense to where it gets them going around the rim, gets them going in the mid range situations because I felt like. Uh, in games past, when the Louisville has succeeded offensively, it's when they're attacking the rim, when they're using some of that um, size that they have, and they they had some size advantages outside of the seven foot five center Jamarian Sharp for the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. So, for, in this matchup against the Hilltoppers, it was a matter really of what went right, um, because not a lot of things did in that. In fact, um, guys just didn't show up. Still waiting for Sam Williams and Jail Withers to. To be able to find their footing, hopefully they can break out of their slump soon. Um, I think that L. Ellis needs to see a little bit more time. I liked what I saw from Roosevelt Wheeler. I liked what I saw from Matt Cross outside of scoring the ball. And Megson Faulkner uh, provided a steady hand as well. But um, Louisville has to get more production from the guys that it is seeking production from. And we'll talk about more you know, throughout the week when we talk about um, some improvements that need to be made and, and how, what those improvements may look like. Um, so let's switch gears a little bit, talk about the women's basketball victory against the number seven Connecticut Huskies. Huskies, not Huskies. Um, we'll talk about that here in just a second after we talk about our friends at Price Picks. Look, I've been telling you about Price Picks for a while now, and if you haven't signed up yet, what are you waiting for? I mean, in addition to the college football action, PricePicks.com makes college basketball more exciting. It's a leader in college sports daily fantasy, offering more college football and basketball props than anyone in the world, while offering all of the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-majors you might not have ever heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of in basketball. You can play points, rebounds, assists, threes made, and more. All of those to deposit and use the promo code Locked On will receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars. So basically, you pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times on any entry. And it's literally just you versus the projected numbers. The cool thing about Price Picks is the fact that it allows mixed sports entries, so you can take the over on Stephen Curry and combine that with the under on Josh Allen in the same entry. Be sure to use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. It's safe. It offers fast withdrawal, so don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com right now and use the promo code Locked On, or go to your App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Thanks again for making Locked On Global your friend every day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021 with experts um, locally, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview began begin last Friday, or begun last Friday. I can't even speak English right now. Um, but what I can tell you and what I can speak on is the grit that this Louisville women's basketball team played with against the number seventh ranked UConn Huskies and the grit that they played with, you know, all this season together. Uh, let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room. The UConn Huskies and Gino Ariema were, you know, shorthanded to say the least. Obviously no Paige Beckers. Um, you don't have Azzy Fudd, Aubrey Griffin, uh, Nika Mule, 
Um, so, you know, there has, you know, I'm not saying that um, it, it puts an asterisk by this um, matchup, so to speak, in any regard. But you have to address it when you talk about um, th this matchup because of how big of an impact that those players make for this team but UConn got some help from other players uh Caroline Ducharme 24 points a career high 10 of 20 field goals um she averaged 4.9 points per game coming into this one and this was a game where Louisville struggled early on it was 12 to two to start the game they were able to cut into the first quarter got the lead in the third quarter but UConn was able to to come back in Louisville, fourth quarter, 27-19 to 19 advantage. They held on for a five-point victory in the Mohegan Sun, which marks the which marks the UConn Huskies' first ever loss in the Mohegan Sun. And I think that this was a testament to the grit that the Louisville women's basketball continued to show. And for people that have been looking Van Litt to break out of her um, you know, slump, so to speak, when it comes to perimeter shooting, the past two big matchups, um, you look at the matchup against Kentucky, number 14 Wildcats, and the number 7th ranked UConn Huskies. Haley Van Liss, maybe not the only person, but you know one of the biggest players in terms of making clutch shots down the stretch for the cards. Very gritty victory. Kiana Smith played well. Also, she had a tied for a game high with Van Lith. Both of them had 16 points um, combined, uh, 12 for 28 from the field and uh, three for six from deep. Um, also, I, I think, you know, we, we talked about th this person in, in the past episode of the Kentucky win. Alana Smith has been balling out, you know, when she came uh, to the Cardinal program, Program um, kind of had to bide her to Dana Evans and all the other players in the Cardinal backcourt, but this season, I mean, look at you know, the the teams that she's played against. You know, Michigan played well. Um, the game against Kentucky, she played well. The game against UConn, she's having her best games against the best competition, and you cannot fault that whatsoever. I thought she played extremely well, very good defensively, but she's also chipping in offensively. She hit a game high three. Three pointers had 11 points, one of three um, Cardinals in double figures with Haley and Kiana. Still struggling to get a ton of uh, production out of the front court. 12 points combined between Liz Dixon and Olivia Cochran. Emily Ingsler had nine, six respectively. And this was a, a matchup to where I felt like the stats may not show it because rebounding wise, yeah, Cardinals got out rebounded, but it was only by five. I, I felt like. UConn did a great job of its size. Ducharme with her 6'2 frame, she played very well. I'm going to butcher this name, but 6'5", Dorka, you, um, the transfer from Ohio State, uh, she's only been averaging four and a half a game. She had double figures in the team, and then uh, Crystal Williams as well was in double figures. I'm sorry, Kristen Williams was in double figures as well for the UConn Huskies. It was just a a matter of showing grit and when the offense hasn't been necessarily clicking as much as it should or as it has been in other times we see that cardinal defense prevail time and time again that uh, leads me to believe that yes there are some concerns potentially with some of these scoring drops that we're seeing but it does 
does alleviate some of those knowing that it's one of, if not the best defensive team in Jeff Wall's tenure in the Derby City since he took over the program in 2007. I am very, very excited for what this team can do. After losing that first game to Arizona, the team has won 10 straight and um, looks like they might be able to move up in the AP rankings when they come out today. So I'm, you know, I I don't want to discredit this win. I I think you you can take context into consideration without having to discredit because, you know, the facts are Louisville beat a team on the road you know, in December. And it wasn't necessarily just any top 10 team. It was the UConn Huskies. Jeff Wallace has only beat the Huskies twice his tenure at Louisville. And it just shows you how big of a deal this is. I think that we're starting to see Haley Van Lith uh, getting going. Um, didn't necessarily shoot the ball well from deep uh, early on, but she had two three-pointers. And those two three-pointers came at the very end of the fourth quarter, the last half of the fourth quarter when UConn and Louisville were trading buckets, so to speak, and Haley had two clutch threes seemingly back-to-back. And that put the cards up, and um, they wouldn't look back at the end of that. So very excited for this win. This is a very solid win to um, in the non-conference as Louisville looks to finish out the regular season with an ACC um, regular season, the uh, the calendar year, the calendar year with an ACC matchup. But the cards are ten and one. Winners of their last ten included in that are three top fifteen victories. So to beat the best, you have to be the best. I'm sorry, to be the best, you have to beat the best. I can't speak today. I I don't end to me. I know I didn't have an episode Friday. Apo- apologies on that. So that might be. It. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to talk about this team as the schedule moves on as we get into ACC play. I want to finish the show with the weekly Monday mailbag segment. We'll do that after we talk about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has had you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues the march to the playoffs, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code Locked On from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and bet online is where the game starts. Also, want to talk about our friends at Bill Bar. We are getting closer to Christmas, five days away, so to speak. The holiday season has been in full effect for some time now. Be sure to grab that protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor and covered in real chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fats while being high in protein. So you get the best of both worlds while being both delicious and healthy. And there's so many flavors. You'll have a hard time choosing between raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those small doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Because it's a season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties because people are so passionate about their favorite flavor and they'll fight for it and things can get out of hand. So do yourself a favor, go to built.com and use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, that's use the promo code locked 15 
for 15% off at built.com. So final segment of the day, we are going to dive into the weekly Monday mailbag segment. There are a couple questions that I thought were pretty interesting to answer. The first one that I have came for the Louisville men's basketball team, and it is, would you shake anything up in the current starting lineup for Louisville? So look, I think that this starting lineup has changed a tad bit and i think it'll continue to change uh for this for the sake of this exercise i'm going to consider the starting lineup to be um noah lock jared west dre davis um matt cross and malik williams and malik williams out um saturday's game against western kentucky and out um and who until who who knows um we'll get some more information on him i i assume you know when that time comes but yeah, I think that if I if I had to take one, I, I would probably maybe move L. Ellis to the starting position and possibly put Jared West um, in the six man role uh, just to get you know some offensive spark. I feel like the offense has been running um, a little bit more smoothly with L. Ellis uh, leading the way. I feel like his ability to attack the basket with his athleticism and his quickness are something that's helped the Cards when he's come in. Uh, I'm not sure it's gotten to that point yet, but Mason Faulkner could also be a player that you could put in there because he's been pretty solid, um, you know, through the first, um, you know, however many games or so. So it's easier said than done, but I feel like right now, if there was a chain that change that needed to be made, it's probably L Ellis being inserted into the starting lineup one way or fashion. Um, the second one is what, hold on. Okay. I, I get it now. The second question is in what position could you put Jalen Withers um, to get out of his slump? Or you know, in what ways could you put him in the best position to get out of his slump? And look, I mean, I'm not a coach. I'm not going to act like I am. I'm not going to act like I know what I'm doing more so than this coaching staff. This isn't a dig at them. You know, I'm not going to act like I know more than they do. Um, just from my eyes, I felt like last year Jalen Withers – Looked more comfortable at the five, um, you know, around the basket when Malik Williams was out. But even when Malik was playing, Withers looked pretty solid at the four. Right now, I I, I don't necessarily know what's going on. I, you know, I want to say that it's just you know him trying to find his footing. I'm not necessarily sure of anything else. Um, you know, potentially maybe put putting him back at that five position to where he's not necessarily focusing on knocking down shots from the perimeter, but first just getting his confidence back around the rim and allowing him to utilize mismatches, um, you know, around the paint. And that's something else is I think that, you know, that Louisville needs to, you know, seek out opportunities for him in the paint. But, um, you know, it just seems like, you know, when it rains, it pours, so to speak, you know, when your shot's not falling, when you're not necessarily playing as good as you hope, um, you know, I think any game now, it seems like, um, you know, he could be on the cusp of breaking out. And when he does, I think he can sustain that level of play. But in terms of, you know, putting him into the best best position to succeed, like I said, I mean, I think that's that's up to Chris Mack and company. But um, if it were if it were me, if it was, um, you know, me put, you know, you know, making the decisions and just from what I'm seeing, I, I wonder if putting him back at the five would potentially change how he plays um you know that that's yet to be seen that might not be the um you know the magic wand either I'm, I'm not necessarily sure how to answer that question because i'm not necessarily sure what's going on hopefully he's able to um you know get out of his uh funk you know sooner rather than later so the football matchup um the third question features the um the bowl game that's coming up it is the um 
the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl on December 28th, a little over a week away against the Air Force Falcons. This question is, what are you hoping to see from the Louisville offense against Air Force? Um, well, I, I mean, I really just want to see them succeed. I want to see the offense do well, the wide receiving core for the time being. Um, a little bit, not necessarily depleted, but the numbers are thin. There's no Justin Watkins. I'm sorry, there's no Justin Marshall. There's no Jordan Watkins. So there's going to be a lot more um, emphasis put on Tyler Harrell or Marty Huggins-Bruce, Marshawn Ford. Uh, you know, the list goes on. Um, I- I'd like to see Malik Cunningham, you know, get uh, younger guys that we might necessarily have seen so far, get them involved. I'd like to see Marshawn Ford um, be, you know, featured in the passing attack um, against Air Force. And just, I really just want to see them succeed. I want to see the the offense do what it does and um, set the tone for the Louisville rushing attack. I want to see Malik Cunningham uh, make go through his reads and make his progressions. There's nothing, you know, in this bowl game that I want to see that I haven't wanted to see all season long. You know, I've wanted to see Malik Cunningham look like a, you know, you know, a better pocket passer, and he's done that as the years as the year has gone on. And I want to see you know that that progression continue in the postseason uh, for Louisville. I want to um, I want to have Travion Cooley get the bulk of the carries. I want to see what he can do with um, a feature back load, and then you know, finally, I'd I'd like to see the Louisville wide receiving core you know ball out and uh, get some big plays. So definitely, all good questions. Love to answer them. Uh, we'll talk about you know that bowl matchup as the uh, game gets closer. This week we'll have um, a lot of coverage on it and all that good stuff. Uh, before we get out of here today, I want to give a couple quick shots. First of the um, Cardinal Sportscast, the most recent one is dropping today, so be able to, so be sure to check that out at cardinalsportszone.com. and also the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q with handicapping expert analysis from lee sterling Uh, you can check that out on the odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast but that's going to wrap up this monday edition of the show everyone have a great day have a great start to your week and we'll talk to you and see you right back here tomorrow